Welcome back to Loving Jesus, Loving Me by Pastor Melissa Tucker. Today I want to talk to you about where is your faith? Many of us struggle with our faith to begin with. The, you know, faith is such a big word in such a little word. Um, I began to do some research and looking up, you know, what the word faith meant in the Hebrew and in the Greek. And um, in the Hebrew word, faith is the in the one who created all things and who is to come, which makes sense for the Old Testament. They were waiting for the Messiah to come, and they had faith to believe that the prophetic word that was spoken would come to pass. Um, in the Greek, it's faith in Christ our Lord who is working on our behalf no matter what. Because once the Messiah came and he died on the cross for us, then he was able to work on our behalf. How marvelous that is. In the Old Testament, we're waiting for him to come. And in the New Testament, he comes and now he's working on our behalf. If he had never came, then someone would have never been working on our behalf. Where's our faith at today? That was a question that God asked me a few days ago. Where's your faith at? I've been dealing with some things of my own personal life, waiting for prayers to be answered, waiting for, you know, some things to transpire in my own life. And in prayer time, God was like, but where's your faith? Where's your faith at? And it made me really think about it and ponder on it. Where is my faith? Well, faith means I have to put my trust in God. And some of us can be control freaks. I'm a, I can be a control freak at times, depending on the situation, the circumstance. I need to be in control to make sure things are okay. I like to use the example as mothers, we're, we're kind of helicopter our children because we want to make sure that they're okay at all times, that everything's under control and nothing happens to them. There's no harm. And as they get older, it's harder to be that mom that, you know, I'm a helicopter mommy, even to this day. It's not a good thing. I'll admit it. It's not the best thing in the world to be a helicopter mom because sometimes as a helicopter mom, I can smother my children to death. Um, but where we live, I'm very cautious about what my children are doing. I don't just let them go outside to play without my awareness of where they're at and that I'm on the property to observe what's taking place and to know where they're at at all times on our home property. We live next to our church, so therefore I have to be even more cautious because our church parking lot becomes a circle around throughout our neighborhood for other people and people walk through. So I'm a very cautious mother. I don't, you know, want my children to have anything to happen to them. Um, I also am one of those moms who monitor what my children are doing on social media. And they're not allowed to have certain social medias because I don't want my children exposed to things. So I have control over that. But at the end of the day, it's like God reminded me I can only control so much. The rest of it, I have to trust him to do. Just like God has, you know, trust in me to do things, I have to trust him to do things. So he began to teach me for a minute, and I wanted to share with you some things that he was showing me. You know, in the Bible, it tells us that we're an overcomer by putting our trust and our faith in God. Our problem is we like to have that control, and we don't like to surrender everything over to God. We want to be in control of it, and when we're not, it makes us uncomfortable. How many times have you been very uncomfortable in a situation because you didn't have control over the situation? Um, if you have a car wreck, you're not in control anymore, are you? Uh, if you've been hit hard enough, your car spins out of control. And it causes us to have fear that creeps in and, and panic and worry and concerns. And you wait for that vehicle to stop. 
And then you have to evaluate the situation. And if you're pinned in your vehicle, you have no control over that. You have to wait for someone else to come and rescue you. And th- those are, that's just an example. But there are even moments in our life that will allow that thought to paralyze us because we don't trust God to handle that situation and that the, you know, the moment that we're going through. Um, Hebrews 11 and 8 says, By faith Abraham obeyed, and he was called out to go to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. How many times has God asked you to do something and you didn't know what it looked like? You didn't know what it was even going to sound like. You didn't even know where it was going to be. But you just knew you had to go. There was some urgency with inside yourself. You just had to go do what it was that God had called you to do. There's been many times in my life I've sat in places where God's like, I need you to go do this. And I was scared to go do it. I was nervous to do it. I wasn't sure if I was supposed to do it. Because I never want to be in my own flesh. I never want it to be in myself. I want to know that I 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 know that that it's God speaking to me. How many of you can do that too? Because sometimes, let's face it, our faith in knowing that he's talking to us can sometimes get damaged and kind of be look different than what we're used to. And it's simply because we've allowed things to cloud our mind, to cloud our judgment, to cloud our discernment. And I had gotten to a place in my life where I was like, God, you didn't tell me to do that. That's so crazy. There's no way you would tell me to do that. Because sometimes, let's face it, he'll ask us to do the most radical things sometimes. Uh, And I think he does that to get our attention to see if we're really, truly listening. Because let's face it, God's not going to ask us to do something we can obtain by ourselves. He's going to ask us to do something that he has control over, that he has to force us to trust him to get us through it. So every time I'm asked to get behind the pulpit and preach, it makes me a nervous wreck and I get scared simply because I don't ever want to deliver a word that was from the enemy or from myself. I always want to know for sure that that word came from God. And there are times when I feel like a failure at it, but then somebody says something to me and God goes, see, I told you. And it doesn't matter if 10 people needed the word. Sometimes it's just one person that needs that word. How many times in your life have you been disobedient because you were afraid of what the outcome was going to be? Or you were disobedient because you didn't have enough faith to believe that God was going to see it through. Because once again, you couldn't control that situation. There have been many times in my ministry where I was like, God, only you can get me through this. And I had the most outstanding faith that he was going to do it. But there was this inner side of myself that I was fighting with going, oh, this is so unreal. I'm never going to reach this. I'm never going to be able to touch this. This seems merely impossible. But then God drops another hint going, I've got this under control. Would you just keep trusting me? Abraham is, is an amazing story. He had more than one incident in his life where he had to trust God. He had to trust God that he was going to give him a child with Sarah who was 99 years old. And I couldn't imagine being 99 years old and someone coming and saying like the, the spirit telling me I'm going to have a child at 99 years of age. I'm going to laugh in the angel's face <laughs> because let's face it in this day and time, that seems merely impossible. So, because we don't live as long as they did. But I can only imagine how Sarah could have felt after all these years of never having a child that now she's going to conceive a child. And even though the Bible tells us she did laugh for a moment, but sometimes the promise takes a minute. It took 25 years before Sarah had a baby. 25 years. 
before the promise was ever fulfilled. Think about that for a second. How many times in your life has God promised something to you and you get impatient and don't have the faith to wait on it because it didn't happen when you wanted it to? My husband and I was given a word and prophesied over that we would one day own a home and it would just be handed to us. I literally just was like blown away because first of all, my mentor was like, God, how do you even trust us with something like this? How are we worthy to have this word even spoken over us that somebody would just hand their land over to us? What have we done to deserve such honor? And then I had to go back to Abraham and remember that God promised him an inheritance And it was because of his obedience. And it was like God said, as long as you're obedient, you'll see it. And so my husband and I have set a mark on our life for the last three years of making sure that we do everything in our power to stay obedient to what God says to us and to follow his commands of what he's telling us. Even when people don't like it, even when people don't understand it and people are confused that while we're doing what we're doing, I still have to go. But God said. But God said, but finding out and making sure that by faith, I'm hearing what he's telling me sometimes can get combosled and confusing. And we have to sit down and have quiet time to talk to God and allow him to speak back. How many of you know that when you're talking to God, sometimes he can't speak back because you're doing too much talking and not enough listening. I'm guilty at that. I have to find a place where I get still and I get quiet and I turn off all distractions. Let's face it, our phones and our computers and our homes and places where we work or we are live can be a distraction because the enemy allows the distraction to surface. I don't know about you, but every time I go to pray, it seems like my phone just decides to go ballistic and I get upteen text messages, phone calls, notifications, and I have to go, in the name of Jesus, I command all distractions to stop by the power and the authority of Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Savior, make them stop. And it's funny because every time they stop, it's not really funny, but it's funny to me because I think, huh, Satan, you thought that you were going to distract me from doing what I need to do. We just have to take the authority over it. Well, by faith, I believed that God was going to turn off all those distractions, and he did. He held true so he could speak to me and I could speak back. And I had to find myself being quiet and getting really quiet. Sometimes there's awkwardness in that quiet because it's uncomfortable. Because we're waiting for something, and sometimes waiting, we don't always hear. But did you ever stop to think that maybe God's just trying to see how long you will wait for an answer or if you're just going to rush on by and not trust him at all I have to get to a place where I allow myself to be quiet and centered and focus on his word open up the scriptures and begin to read the pages and allow the words to jump out at me and to speak to me I'm not waiting for an audible voice to boom me in my ear sometimes it's just that simple little word on a page in that scripture that stands out to me. Sometimes it's a a vision. Sometimes it could be in the form of a whisper in my ear. Sometimes it's just my gut intuition that's going, this is what I have. My husband and I still patiently are waiting for this promise. And a couple of months ago, God had me to write down on a piece of paper my heart's desires for this land and for the home and what my heart was craving Because see, once you've been exposed to something and you've seen something that your heart desires, it doesn't forget it. It doesn't go away. You don't simply just forget something that you have such a desire and passion for. And my husband and I want nothing more than to be able to live off the land that God's provided for us to live off of. 
So we have a desire and all these things I wrote down on a piece of paper in the middle of a sermon preach. He was preaching on a Sunday and God was just speaking to me and I began to write on the paper. And then God said this to me and he's never done this to me before. He said, now put it in an envelope and I want you to stand before the church and I want you to tell them that this is a promise that I've made you and that you want them to help bless you and bless this promise by agreeing with you that I will do it when I said I would do it. I was scared to death to stand up before the church. And I stood up before the church and I held this paper in my hand. And I made this, I I literally stood and told the church, I said, this is a promise that God has made me and pastor. And he told me to write the promise down and make it plain. And then to stand before you by faith, believing that he's going to do exactly what he said he would do and that you would stand in agreement with me. And if you're not going to agree, then I don't want you to pray. And instantly there was a man in the crowd that said, stop right there. Stop right there. You don't need the rest of us. God just said to tell you by your act alone of obedience and faithfulness, it is done. And I began to weep and cry because that's really all it takes, ladies and gentlemen, is one act of obedience and faith to believe on your own. Yes, the Bible tells us where two or three are gathered in his name, it shall be done and it shall be given unto you. But it has to start with you first. My own faith has to be activated. And I have to believe and understand truly and solely and trusting on Abba Father to do exactly what he said that he said he would do and that it shall come to pass. In Mark 9, 23, it says, Jesus said unto them, if thou canest believe it, all things are possible to him that believe. In Mark or in Matthew 21 and 22, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. My faith has grown tremendously because at that moment I understood that God was just testing me to see if by my faith alone, I would stand alone and believe that he would do the impossible in my life. I know that one day, I don't know what spring, because on that paper he told me, he said, write down spring. And I believe in spring of whatever year it's going to be. I don't care if it's 2021, if it's 2030. Whatever year God ordains it to be in alignment for me to place my feet on the land and the home that he has promised me. Debt free. I will shout the glories and I will testify of the glorious day that the Lord kept his promise to me and my husband and my family. And I will share for his glory, not my own, that by faith believing in an obedience, that anything that I ask, it shall be given unto me. God simply just needs his children to trust him on the promises that he's given to us. And they're waiting in the heavens to be activated by our faith. Look at James 4, uh, chapter 4. In that, in that whole entire chapter, you, you just read the whole chapter. But one thing that stood out to me is there was a promise in God's word. That for us today, the heavens are waiting for us to pray and to accept the promise by faith. So that the angels can be activated to go out and do exactly what scripture said. See, there are promises in this word. Because there's, there's scripture in the Bible that tells me that I can have the land that's been promised to me. And it's in Matthew 5 and 5. Blessed are the meek for they should inherit the earth. I have to stay humble and I have to stay in a place of obedience and alignment with God's word. But I will be blessed and I shall inherit the earth. 
The land is mine because Abba Father said it is mine. And all I have to do is trust him and be obedient and align myself up with God's words. So I ask you today by faith and you say, what does this have to do with learning to love Jesus and love myself? Well, I'm going to tell you, it's this. By learning to have faith in God, I'm learning to love him. And as I learn to love him, I learn to love myself and who he is through me. See, as my faith grows in him, my faith grows in who I can be through him. So my confidence is boosted. My self-esteem is boosted because of him, not because of what I can do, but what he can do through me. Learning to understand to trust God is learning how to trust myself. Having the confidence of who I am through him. So today I ask you, what's stopping your faith from growing? What's blocking you from being able to trust God to do the impossible? What's stopping you from believing that God can wipe away your pains and your sorrows and your transgressions? What's stopping you in believing that by faith your body can be healed? What's stopping you from believing that by faith God can touch your home and make your families grow back together where they've been broken and torn apart? By faith that prodigal child can come home. By faith God can turn the impossible situation at the job sites and at school for your children into something miraculous by faith God can look at the mountain with you and say be thou moved it's just an anthill to begin with to God to us it's a huge mountain but to him it's just an anthill that he can crush but we have to ask him to crush it it's by faith that our fear can be stripped away from us. It's by faith that our anxiety can be destroyed. It's by faith that worry can stop. It's by faith that hate and discord in the world can be destroyed by Abba Father, who brings unity and love and compassion. Where's your trust at today? Are you trusting in man? Are you trusting in what you can do? Are you trusting in what others can do for you? Or are you simply trusting what God said in his scriptures that he would do? Our problem is, is we don't know what the scripture says because we're not willing to pick it up and read it anymore. We're waiting for somebody else to do it for us, but we have to apply it to ourselves. Our faith only grows when we pick up the word and begin to read. So I challenge you today to pick up the scriptures and read. Learn, understand what it is that the promises are and begin to declare them over yourself, declare them over your family, declare them over your city. By faith, we're going to believe that God will do exactly what he said he would do. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you today for what you're doing in our lives. And I pray, Father, that our faith would grow and bloom and blossom into what it needs to be. That there will be no doubt in what you said in your scriptures would come to pass. Father, your scripture says that if we have faith to believe, it shall come to pass. I pray that anybody that suffers today with any kind of doubt and fear and worry, that you would swoop in and begin to pull those things out. Help them find the root to where these things were planted to be able to begin to heal. Abba, Father, I just pray that each and every one of us would learn to have faith in you, to trust you for who you are, to understand that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are Jehovah Nisi. You are Jehovah Elohim. And Abba, Father, we thank you for everything that you have done for us. We thank you and we worship you. We glorify you. 
Abba, I just pray that our faith would grow. And as we're tested by our faith, dear God, that we won't fail the test. Just like Job did not fail. You didn't let Job go through what he went through to fail. You knew that Job could pass the test. That is why you allowed Satan to test him. Because you knew that by faith and that Job's faith would succeed. And he would trust you even when he got to his lowest. He never gave up. Let us have faith like Job that we never give up on the promises of you. That we hold fast to your hand and understand that you will change any situation in our life. As long as we are obedient and submissive unto you. I pray that we find a place of obedience like never before. A place of humbleness and surrender to your feet. To be who you need us to be. To be the servants that you need us to be. And to walk in the faith that you have given us and planted with inside of us. Let it grow as we search your scriptures and understand what it is to have your faith that you've implanted in us. It's in our DNA. And as we learn who we are, Abba, Father, through loving you, we become mighty men and women for your glory. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Be blessed today. Until next time. I love you and I'm praying for you always. Have a blessed day.